Mike one, Mike one, isn't this a lot of fun? Did you, America? Welcome to Did You America? He's Jeremy Hoffman. I'm Ian Camfield. We are into season two, and this is episode... I don't want to get you excited, but I actually counted recently, and I think we're approaching 69. I don't think this is number 69, but like in the next two or three. Are you just saying that in an adolescent? <laughs> 69. Well, yes, <laughs> kind of way. but it's also factual. <laughs> the Ish. funniest number. It can't be factual if it's a, if you're saying it's around 69. That's not true. A That's fact a, fact. W- a fact would be the actual number. All right. It's a, an opinion of mine that it's near 69. Okay. So it's a, the, it's a sort of alternative fact that it's 69. We're going to call it 63. We're in episode 63. (laughs) Uh, You can hear the old episodes at didyouamerica.com, which is also where you can talk to us if you want to get in touch on the socials. Uh, On Twitter, I'm Ian Camfield. On Instagram, Camfield off the radio. Uh, We are here in the great state of Texas. Guns N' Roses played in Dallas last night. A gig both uh, Jeremy and myself attended. You act like we weren't together it was our official first date. It was our official first date. We're moving slowly. I've, no- I've known you for a year. Right. I finally, finally got the courage to ask you out. We hung out away from this table, and uh, and I said, and uh, Jeremy said, no, 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 I got to get up early. I'm like, damn, I've been knocked back. And I said, sir. That is no excuse to turn me down because Axl Rose goes on stage promptly these days. Yeah, it was a very early show. He was uh, I, he was on stage at like, well, before 8.20. Yeah, it I was mean, like right around then. To put that into perspective, um, I'm, I'm, I'm also excited about this. In a couple of weeks' time, across Dallas, AMCs are having a Golden Girls evening. Like they've, they've chosen four classic episodes of the Golden Girls and they're showing them on the big screen. That's made for you. It is absolutely made for me um one of my friends is coming in from arizona i was gonna say for it she was visiting anyway sure. it just shows, it turns out that she's like so i'm like now we have something we do uh, exactly i'm like as i said you're, you're gonna be here for golden girls week <laughs> don't get overexcited it's not a whole week it's just it's just one evening um but you're, you can always stay for one night anyway i was uh, i said so i sent her the details and she's like okay i'll, I'll get us tickets and then uh, we were having a chit chat on uh, whatsapp about what i was up to and i said oh you know going to see guns and roses uh can you believe Axel goes on stage at 8.15 these days and my friend Sam messaged back saying the Golden Girls doesn't even start till later than that (laughs) so (laughs) what I was surprised about is you know so on Monday I actually went to Gary Clark Jr. as well at House of Blues here in Dallas and you know that show started at 8 but they had an opener and they played till about 9 and then Gary Clark Jr. came on around 9.30 so like he was on way later but the shows ended around the same time so like Guns N' Roses really I mean, they rocked out for a solid two and a half hours. Yeah, I think even uh, possibly closer to three hours. It's um, it's very impressive. And uh, this is the second time I've seen them since the reunion. I saw them back in 2016. Um, and I, I'm the, the thing that fa- fascinates me about this is, A, who had the conversation with Axel 
around this reunion that said, if we're bringing Slash and Duff back and we're putting you on big stages and going to make you proper money again, your singing needs to be better. <laughs> and B, who actually taught him how to sing better? Because like, here's my takeaway from this. I, I, no one talks about what went on behind the scenes for this whole Guns N' Roses reformation. And I'm, I don't know this for a fact, but I'm going to suggest that's because it's all tied up in NDAs. I think Axel is probably still as paranoid as he was before about everything. Right. Uh, because if you've noticed, I mean, there's a whole story that music fans would be fascinated in about like, you know, how it happened, how they got back together, how the shows are so good, how he's always on time. They've been touring for six years now. He hasn't walked off stage once. There's been no tantrums. As we said last night, they went on at, at 8.15. I mean, stand by for a name drop. I emailed Duff McKagan Bloop. the day before the show. And... um. I said, what's the stage time? And he said, it'll be 8 or 8.15. Now, can you imagine at any point before the reunion, if you asked a member of Guns N' Roses, what time are you going on? They would have been so like 8 or 8.15. Yeah, I mean, we we talked about the Axel singing thing quite a bit yesterday because, you know, I think we both came away pretty impressed with how he sounded. It was a little rough at first. The first few songs weren't great and some of the the Guns N' Roses staples weren't perfect. But overall, I mean, he was hitting the high notes. He was crushing the whole time. But I mentioned at one point the size of all three members, not just, you know, obviously Axel's gone a little chubby, Slash, you know, as thickened up in his old age, Duff is possibly the most jacked guy on earth. I think all three of them has have have had at least one round of steroids in their day and a lot of people think steroids are just like you know in baseball you get like the big hulking body so you can hit 800 home runs 500 feet a year you know but steroids you know there's different kinds there's different types of human growth and you know there's ones that make you faster there's ones that make you leaner and i think they've clearly found the one that makes you sound better well maybe i mean i don't so my, my thing with the, the idea of there being NDAs and no one talks about it is that no one wants to talk about all of the agreements that the members had to come to in order for them to do it. I mean, overall, of course, we're doing it because we want to make more money. But then, you know, I, I, I bet there's got to be a... There's got to be something that, uh, you know, Slough, a Slash and Duff said, okay, we'll do this, but you've got to, Axel, you need to finish all the shows we commit to. You can't storm off because someone's pitched you off. You've got to get on stage on time. And I'm sure Axel has, you know, his list of demands and, you know, they kind of agree on that. It's one thing for Axel to go, all right, well, if stage time's 8.15, I'll get on, on stage at 8.15. It is a whole other thing for him to be able to sing so well and so consistently as he has for the past five to six years, given that for about the 10 years previous to that, he sounded pretty, pretty bad. And we had really good seats last night. You could see there were a few moments where there were some slight effects on his voice, which was fine. But he was doing that live, singing it. And you could see on many, many points during what was nearly a three-hour show, him making an effort to go for big notes. And he was hitting big notes. The way that he's, he used his voice during Estranged. The way that I was kind of nervous, because I'd seen they were doing Wichita Lyman in the set. And I was thinking, like, oh, I'm not, Wichita Lyman is one of my favorite songs ever. That was a great moment. The rest of the band sitting with acoustic guitars at the back of the stage and Axel singing his heart out on a cover of that, of that Glenn Campbell song. And again... 
hitting all of these notes. And I don't, this is why I wish there wasn't the NDAs. I'm kind of interested in like, you know, does he get fined if he's 10 minutes late? Like you said, Duff had said that, you know, we'll be on at like 8 or 8.15. And uh, I think they went on at like 8.18 in the end, but it got to 8.16, right? And I said, Jeremy, do I need to call Duff and tell him like they're two minutes late? And Jeremy had this great idea. He goes, can you imagine if Axel's the one like backstage going, guys, we're going to be late if we, if we we don't go on on time i don't get paid right. Right? And, I, and i think there probably is an element of truth i bet there are contractual agreements that are that, that state those kind of things and if you want to be on time you can be on time anyone can be on time if they really make an effort but if you lost your voice 20 years ago and you spent 10 years sounding pretty shitty it's really really difficult to be able to get that back and I'm fascinated with 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 that side of it because there weren't you know no one singing behind the scenes there weren't loads of pre-recorded vocals backing Axel up and he's belting out those songs now really really well for three hours a night I think there's only one way we're gonna figure out all this NDA drama someone needs to call Stormy Daniels and get her on the case <laughs> I, uh, I, th- I thought one of the more interesting parts about the show a like we've just been discussing how good axel actually sounded but b you know overall his look is definitely (laughs) not what it used to be now i should let you know no spoilers for anyone going to one of these future shows but the axel moves are all still there you know he's rocking back and forth with the mic he's jumping up on the on the speaker right he's doing everything and but you know everything's just a smidge slower. Well, you, you know what I mean. Yeah, like, but, but you say that the man's almost sixty. I mean, I would like. I don't think he's in terrible shape. He's clearly not in as good shape as Slash, and definitely not in as good shape as as, as Duff. Right? Yeah. But for a man who's who's clearly not in grade A shape, but is okay, he still moves a lot considering the amount he's singing. Like, oh, yeah. he's still running around, the, you know? The other thing that I found kind of impressive was, like, right in the first song, he did such a cool rock star move. You know, he had the mic in the stand, and he was singing, holding the mic up in the air, and then he spun around, and he flung the stand to the back of him, and it was still holding the mic. I was like, wow, that was so cool and energetic. He still has it. Yeah. And then he did that probably 30 times <laughs> right. throughout the two and a half he's got and, that down well like we kept talking about like ooh I wonder what the dynamic is on stage or like him and Slash are they friendly do they do like the whole rock star thing and at times they did but there were also a few times where he kind of threw it almost at Slash <laughs> like while Slash wasn't paying attention and then also like I felt really bad for the uh, for the lighting people because he kept throwing it at the LED plasma screens that right. were showing stuff behind him and like I, you know there was one time back in the day where I was watching a Mavs game and it was a meaningless game it was one of the years they were shitty they weren't even in the playoffs it was like the 75th game of the year but they lost with like three seconds left I got really mad I had like a like a uh, a weed utensil let's right, call it right. in my hand I went to throw it in anger out of my room and it barely nicked my TV and within 10 minutes the entire plasma was gone yet somehow every time he hit those screens with the mic stand they stood fine <laughs> right yeah they're, they're reinforced do you think um, when he's throwing it 
And uh, Slash has to get out of the way. It's maybe not uh, an anger, we don't get on situation. It's just Axel keeps on reading the reviews and people are staying, saying that he's still a bit fat. And he's going, well, let's see how fast you can run, motherfucker. <laughs> right? Can you play guitar and get out of the way of my microphone stand when I toss it? The, the last <laughs> no- thing I noticed about Axel... Like he's playing dodgeball with her. Right, exactly. <laughs> he's, Axel is clearly very jealous of Slash's hat thing because Axel changed hats about 12 times throughout the <laughs> But the, but, but the funny thing was he had a couple of decent hats and then on a couple of occasions he just came out with a red baseball cap on backwards and I said to you is Axel trying to look like Fred Durst he because, because, was. because because Fred Durst doesn't look like Fred Durst anymore <laughs> he's like, like oh it's up for grabs <laughs> there's one one other thing I'd like to um, make uh, uh, an observation for and to be honest I mean, I've said, like, who taught him how to sing? Who said you can't sing anymore and you've got to get better? Who's getting him on stage on time? What's the time of that? Blah, blah, blah. You can all those questions, fine. My main point of intrigue is this. When the piano came out for November Rain. Right. And uh, Jeremy and I had great seats. We were probably close enough to catch COVID from Axel. I think if, I did. If, 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 if he had COVID. Um, they wheeled out the piano. And this is like my loves everything American mind working. I said to Jeremy, he's got two red solo cups on that piano. First of all, why two? And secondly, where do you get the smaller size from? Because I've never had them and I want them. I've only seen like the miniature, like like novelty shot right. glass ones. But he had, it was like a, where normally they're like a 12 ounce, let's yeah. say this was like an eight ounce. The other thing kind of weird about the cups, I never once saw him, you know, we were kind of where we could see a little bit where he would go off backstage. Never once did he grab a red cup and take a sip from it the whole show. But for November rain, they came out and put two cups right. on the piano which he never drank from. Right. He never once drank from well, them. Well, you know why that is? Because he's getting to that age that if he takes a sip, he's going to have to piss all night. So it's not, <laughs> there's, there, there's that concern. I if- think my theory was that one of the cups was for drinking and one was to energetically throw on the audience. I think, you know, back in the day, the way he would do that is, you know, he'd find the girl in the smallest, whitest t-shirt and aim it at uh, her. I can't do that I think no he, more. Well, that, and he probably looked at the crowd and was like, you know, my, my audience is kind of old these days. <laughs> Yeah, maybe. Unless one was to drink from and the other one was to piss in case he got caught short. <laughs> right. I mean, it could be. Just whips it out in the middle of the stage? I don't know. Well, he I like get- turns. I get it. But I'm... T- but... I, I don't know, like... Because I've... Uh, you're right. I've, the, 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 the red Solo Cups... I've seen ones that are slightly bigger than others, depending on which store you buy them from. Right. And I've seen the, the, the ones that are for shots. But this wasn't. This was like your standard size... And a smaller size, but not small enough to be a shot. And we might be losing all of our audience now because only I find this fascinating because my love for America runs so deep. I'm like, there's a different size red solo cup that I, I've never seen. I disagree. I think all of America right now is listening deeply like, where can we get these well, cups? I want to know. The Axel cups. Because I sit here with, you know, uh, a glass of water and a, a strong black coffee every time we do this podcast. And I feel like I now need to change it up to two different size solo cups <laughs> just because that's the way that, well, uh, that, hey, that, that Axel does this. Your mug is smaller than the blue solo cup you currently have so yeah but they're it's not, not the same no it's not the same you it's not what? like the axle setup braid your hair go crazy for a couple of years come back sane and i think by then we'll have the cup situation <laughs> you know, the, the, figured the, the out other, the other thing one last thing on guns and roses i noticed as well that also was an improvement on axle i saw them a bunch of times um during the 
I call it the Chinese democracy years, the, the, the period when it was just Axel and whoever he paid to have in the band right. at the time. And he was constantly, and I mean like several times a song, going off backstage and the theory was that he was getting oxygen that was barely happening last night he would stay on for like three songs at a time he went off a few times but the show was three hours back when he couldn't sing he would literally be off stage more than he was on almost right yeah he barely left the stage last night only to change hats really yeah 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 he just needed to make sure his fred durst look was on point in a right. mirror backstage he'd <laughs> be like okay we got it down all right I will, I will say this though just to wrap it all up i show absolutely incredible i right. mean in a matter of three days i saw two of the greatest guitarists to ever walk this earth so that's pretty awesome mm. that being said I think it could have been better. That's my overall review. It was awesome. It was a great show. You can't just leave that hanging. I need a suggestion. I, th I think if... If they had, like, a time machine of some sort and they could just get, like, 10 pounds lighter each and, like, except for Duff. Duff is freaking <laughs> jacked. I'm terrified of that, dude. Every time he came over, like, towards our area and started playing, you would think he'd have, like, a zombie dead look on. Instead, he was, like, fierce veins well, popping. you know the thing with Duff? He, he looks like he does because his pancreas exploded 25 years ago and he hasn't been able to have a drink since. That is, that is a fact. See, that's impressive just being around the other two for those years that, that he had to quit before them. Also, if Slash lost 10 pounds, he would be so much more comfortable. The guy's rocking leather Pants. The, I like that the fat Walter Becker is going, well, if Slash lost I'm 10 pounds. I'm not playing a concert on stage. I'm not wearing leather pants while being the single sweatiest motherfucker on earth. The guy came out on stage glistening. A listener, uh, well, I think that's because he's he's also uh, given up drinking, but not as recently as Duff. So he's, he hasn't given uh, up sorry, cheeseburgers. Not, sorry, he, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> Did you come to do this podcast today going, you know, I've got a great alternate take. I'm going to say Slash is the fat one. Yeah, <laughs> he is. I'm fair. Team are you, Axel. Are you just siding with Axel because he's ginger as well? <laughs> I think like one of our listeners, Mike, I posted a picture from the show last night, you know, on socials and said that they were good. And Mike replied back saying that Axel looks like Mama Fratelli now. And I, <laughs> with, a, with a picture of uh, Ma Fratelli and Axel now next to one another. And there is quite a resemblance whereas slash still looks like slash yeah no, it's still the same guy and as you know every again like we were in an area where they would come to our side of the station you could see like we were only feet away mm -hmm. from them axel looked hammered like but not hammered like clearly he's drunk hammered like did he just have a stroke and they pushed him out here what's going on well, like I, I, one eye was flickering his face was like jilted uh, well, I think probably that's sort of like what's going on internally. Like, there's probably a lot of medication. Like, th there's going to be a degree of medication that makes that 8.15 stage time prompt. <laughs> you know? And that, <laughs> right. that's like, kind of like, that, that's what, you know, like, I don't, here's the thing. He's, I'm, as I said, I'm fascinated as to how he can sound way better and sound as good as he can now. Um but I don't believe for a second that he's any less bonkers than he was when he was getting a load of attention for being bonkers. I just think that somehow, and we're never going to find out how, because I bet there are NDAs involved, somehow it's being better managed now. Right. So, you know, you can say, you can tell a lot about someone by looking into their eyes, and that's basically the description that you get. He's as bonkers as can be. You okay, know? so quick review. 
Best song of the night, worst song of the night. Go. Uh, I oh, well, I my best song of the night. I, I I love the fact that they play Estranged from the the Use Your Illusion album. I've always just loved that that ten yeah. minute song. And that I mean, that, but that's nowhere near Guns N' Roses' best song. But it just happens to be one of my favorites. And I didn't know if that was still going to be in the set. And that was one of the songs where, as I mentioned, you could see him going for big notes and holding notes and doing those vocal acrobatics that you know he right. could he could he could do very well. Obviously, because as Jeremy Hoffman keeps telling you, he's not the fattest one in the band. No, second fattest. <laughs> If I joined the band, I would absolutely be the fattest. I'm saying that right away. But that's how I know fat. Fat people know fat. All right, worst song of the night. Um, I'm going to say, just because they totally lost time during like the last few bars of it, Welcome to the Jungle. Yeah, right? it was bad. Yeah, it, and I also, mean, it was like, great to start with. And yeah, then it, it got and then, sloppy at the end. They just went, oh, we're bored of this one now. <laughs> Let's just finish it. I have the same thought for worst song. My favorite song of the night was either Live or Let Die or when they did the Velvet Revolver, Revolver song Slitter. That's that a, was excellent. Another great example of uh, Axel still being able to sing. I kind of want him to like do an introduction to that one day where he goes like, hey, do you remember when these other guys had that other band with that junkie and they had this good song? Well, he's dead, so I'm going to sing it. <laughs> Either that or once people keep complaining about him singing the GNR songs, he can just call Stone Temple T- Pilots and be like, hey, you guys need a lead singer? <laughs> the only other thing I will say about Guns N' Roses is I, I wonder like how they move forward now because um, – but this is a, this is a thing of um, – Guns N' Roses fans wanting to have their cake and eat it. Uh, my, my, I love I, eating I, cake. I, I've got, a, well, apparently so does Slash, according to you. Um, we could share a cake. I've got, to, he won't share. Obviously, <laughs> according to you, he wants the whole cake, according to you. Um, I um, I got a buddy uh, called Nick who uh, loves, 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 loves Guns N' Roses, fascinated by everything they do. And I texted him yesterday to say that I was going to the show. Uh, he lives on the East Coast and he goes, oh, I, even I didn't go this time when they played in New York. And I said, well, like, you're the biggest Guns N' Roses fan. Why? And he goes, oh, they've turned into Kiss. And I sent him a text message going, fuck off. When it was shit and Axel came on stage at midnight and couldn't sing, everyone complained. Now they come on stage on time and give you a three-hour great show it's become boring because like they've 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 upped their game so that kind of criticism i can't abide but i will say this with guns and roses moving forward i think they're at the stage now where they have to do new music to p- keep people interested. There and was not fake new music. That's actually all music packages. Right. New music. Well, there was you know huge interest when Slash and Duffery joined the band, and then that interest carried on because it became well they've done a few good shows, but can they keep it going? And that basically was can Axel keep it together? But they've been doing the same show more or less for five or six years now, and as I said, prompt stage times, solid performances, no tantrums. So you know you're going to get a great Guns N' Roses show and buying tickets is very expensive. So everyone who wants to go see that show has seen it. Some people have seen it multiple times. And I feel like the only way that they can sustain the, you know, this level of interest if they want to carry on playing those big venues is to properly do a new album. And I do wonder if listening to that new song Absurd that's been streaming for a few weeks, which is in the set, right? is that going to be a problem? Because it seems to me Axel when he played Absurd last night, 
couldn't love that song anymore. Like that, that was <laughs> exactly. his favorite oh, yeah. song of the set. He, right? His energy went up so much higher for that song. He was so excited. For meanwhile, that. like Slash and Duff, like if anything, they just kind of like did their role, you know. And I, and I do wonder again. This is pure speculation on my part, um, but. In those uh, those agreements that they can't talk about because of the NDAs that I'm speculating they've got, does it say things like, all right, you have to go on stage on time, you have to finish the show, but will be kind of um, passive when it comes to the direction of new music and you kind of call the shots there? Because... If that is the case, and Axel's got these grandiose ideas about what Guns N' Roses should sound like in 2021, which based on absurd is not like what people want from Guns N' Roses, use your illusion, appetite for destruction era, then that would suggest that probably making a new album, if it has to all go down that route, is not a good idea. I think if it's up to Axel, much like his look, now that Limp Bizkit isn't touring, he's like, well, we'll just take their sound. It did look when he came back on stage with that red hat. I mean, look, no one would have thought that he would have ever agreed to have sung a Velvet Revolver song. So is it not beyond the realms of possibility that he just walks out like seven songs into the set and goes, all right, this is called Break Stuff. <laughs> you, know what, if the, you say what you want about Axel. He did it for the nookie. <laughs> right. And Slash looks over and goes, we haven't rehearsed that. He goes, shut up, fatty, just play it. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, yeah, I'm giving the thumbs up to Guns N' Roses, but I'm interested to know if there's going to be um, any, you know, proper new music. My I thumb think- is at like 85 degrees up. I'm not fully 90 degrees. I'm almost there. It was a great show. Right. I want a little Slash's more. Slash's thumb is probably like that as well because of the diabetes that's exactly. kicking in because pounds. of all the... <laughs> all right. We've got some more stuff coming in part two. All right, let's do part two of Did You America. Quick recap on Song of the Week. You can vote at didyouamerica.com or get to the poll on my Twitter where I'm at Ian Camfield. Uh, this week, a New York producer choosing California by Churches. I went with uh, Jail by Kanye West and Jay-Z. And uh, I discovered the new collaboration between William Shatner and Joe Jonas. Oh, right, I forgot. We're not <laughs> voting for any of our songs. We're only <laughs> voting for that this week. Do would, not vote for mine. Would you deny a 90-year-old man, a winner a winner on Song of the Week. I will not. Our audience better not either. <laughs> uh, Clouds of Guilt is the song by William Shatner and Joe Jonas. So, Clouds of Guilt by Shatner and Jonas, Jail by Kanye and Jay-Z, or uh, California by Churches. Uh, DigiAmerica.com is where you can vote or uh, check out the poll on my Twitter where I am at Ian Camfield. Uh, you can also talk to us via the website or Twitter, or if you want to reach out on my Instagram, I'm uh, Camfield off the radio. Um, so we were discussing uh, the Guns N' Roses show, uh, which was uh, fine. Um, it, it seems to me, and, and they, you know, they've been pretty good. I don't think they've had to cancel any shows so far. Um, but other shows that are uh, carrying on at the moment are kind of getting ravaged by this latest strain of COVID. Kiss pulled some dates because Paul Stanley got COVID, and then they had to pull some more dates because uh, Gene Simmons has uh, caught COVID. And um, it just makes me think: Oh, are we gonna go to a back to a period where there isn't going to be any live music? I mean, that show for me was the, the first gig that I'd been to this year. In fact, it had been so long since I'd been out that I ordered a lift to go to the venue 
and realized that suddenly it's a payment declined. I've got a new credit card since the last time I went out. Like I had to enter the details of my new credit card because the last time I, I used Lyft was probably 2020, right. you know. See, I, I, I this was my fifth show I've been to since, you know, touring started COVID up denial. Again. Well, you know, Joke, I, had a feeling, I had a feeling that, you know, we might get into a place where down the line shows might get canceled again and i'm just trying to get i've gone to like two shows and i didn't even know who the who the artist right. was i was like screw it i want to see live music yeah and I, I i i do have this concern because i think um you know i mean the, the bands like um guns and roses and kiss um are touring to you know to an extent where if they miss a bunch of shows you know they can make up the money but other bands, and, and I'm not talking about like, you know, bands that just play local bars and stuff like that. There's other, you know, pretty successful bands that maybe play to like, even if it's you know, two, 3,000 people a night, the cost of keeping those kind of bands on the road, if they commit to doing a US tour, which is like six, seven weeks normally, if they end up having to pull a bunch of shows because of uh, COVID, it really doesn't remain financially viable for those bands to carry on playing you know, or to reschedule the dates. And I think the more that you see uh, you know, bands having to cancel a bunch of shows or reschedule, the more likely it is for the, the lower bands. And again, I'm talking about people that can play sort of House of Blues type venues that are gonna, we're probably thinking, oh, you know, we'll go out in 2022. They're going to start thinking, actually... Let's not confirm those dates because we could get, you know, we, we could get in trouble. And I don't know what the answer is. You know, I mean, no one wants COVID to be spread around. Some of these artists that are testing positive for COVID get sick. Others are testing positive and don't have any symptoms, but they have to pull the shows anyway. I mean, I, I guess we're getting to a place eventually where as many people who will get vaccinated, get vaccinated. And then, you know, do we live with it like we live with flu I, right. I i i don't know because otherwise i don't know how you're going to be able to carry on you know have uh, having having live music and having these gatherings because as i said it, it just won't be viable i actually have the uh, the answer to all this and it's a suggestion i made last night during the guns and roses show i said you know bands need to start treating themselves more like sports teams and you know they're an organization, so you have a minor league, you have free agency, you can trade bandmates with other <laughs> bands if you want. Imagine if, you know, for instance, uh, we saw the headline about uh, the, the lead singer of Korn going out there s performing while sitting and having like an oxygen mask for right. the whole show. I mean, that's all good and fun, but why not tap in, you know, right wrist, get your relief pitcher in there, maybe get a minor league system going. So when this stuff happens you got a quick replacement you, you don't have to end the tour are you, are you suggesting that uh kiss could have carried on because uh, gene could have stepped out for a few shows and axel could have put on the outfit gene would have been like fussy there's no way you'd get in my outfit <laughs> <laughs> he's like you and slash both wouldn't fit in my outfit <laughs> also, God, the does, slash fat shaming <laughs> does does gene simmons not like i know he's not but does he not seem like the type of person that would be extremely anti-vax and be like this isn't real i'm touring forever no i don't think so because really? no, 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 he no, totally no. seems like that no, type to me no 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 no. you only say that because i think and i think um gene simmons doesn't is not overtly political beyond the fact that he's a oh yeah no capitalist. i don't mean that no no no, no 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 but i but i think you think that because because you know maybe some people construe him to be 
right wing because he's so money, 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 right, money. Right, right. But because he's so money, 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 he sees, well, the logic is the more people that are vaccinated, the less chance there is of COVID spreading, the more shows I can do, therefore, the more money I can make. Gene, okay. Simmons, Gene Simmons' logic will always come down on the side of how can I make the most amount of money? And as much as the anti-vaxxers will dispute this, the reality of that is the more people that are vaccinated, the greater the chances there are of kiss shows going ahead and yet i know paul stanley and gene simmons were vaccinated and they've both caught covid but if there were more vaccinated people around there would be in theory less spread and there would have been more kiss shows going on science well, yeah, so yeah. To, to the degree of what we know about it. Yeah. I mean, this oh, is a, it's the same with the booster shots. You know, yeah, I know they said, well, you have two shots and then you should be good. But the the virus mutates. So it's a, it's, a, it's <laughs> well, the not same. not only that, you know, they were expecting, you know, enough people to get vaccinated. Well, yeah, I, I, I guess so. But, you know, it, it's the same as the people that were, you know, down on the Trump administration were going, this outrageous, they've handled this terribly. Everyone was making it up as they went along then because we'd not seen anything like this for you know hundreds and hundreds of years and in terms of the vaccines combating it everyone to some extent is making it up as they go now because they've had to get the vaccines together and then the new strain mutates and then you've you know you've, you've got to kind of work with it i would say though you brought up jonathan davis from corn and i do you know brace yourself i'm about to say something controversial oh no i mean Yes, he claimed that he was on stage sitting down with an oxygen tank and because it was COVID related. But it could just be age related. <laughs> right, I mean, he's, he's, up there. he's Jonathan Davis of that age now where he's thinking, you know, I would just rather sit down. Because <laughs> does he does he still bring out the bagpipes? Remember he used to play right, the bagpipes? Oh, for sure. I mean, he's got to be in his 50s now. He's probably playing Havoc with his back. And he's thinking, you know, my knees, they just can't take carrying the bagpipes around anymore. Maybe if I sat down, I know, I'll say, listen, I'm really weak. I'm really weak. Just get the, get the, get the oxygen tank as a prop. And then I can do a few shows sitting down. I mean, and again, this sounds like I'm, I'm being deliberately horrible to Jonathan Davis. I, I'm going to go out on a limb and say, if any members of KISS or Guns N' Roses, who we enjoyed last night, could do the entire show sitting down, they would choose to do it sitting down. Oh, yeah. Somewhere backstage, you know, Axel was injecting his throat with voice steroids and was saying, <laughs> I'm sure I remember when I had to sit down for those shows when I had a broken leg. <laughs> all jacked up. But you know, I said it at the beginning of the show, like, how much does he wish that that chair was still on tour with him? Oh, 100%. 100%. You know, when you were doing, like, the best song moment poll of just the two of us from right. the show, if you asked Slash and Duff best song, they'd gone, oh, Wichita Lyman, where we got to sit down with acoustic guitars. <laughs> right. Where we could oh, sit that was so great. They, that was, so at one point during the show, Slash did, like, an eight-minute, like, blues Which solo. Which was great. It was incredible. But halfway through, he went and sat on one of the amps and it was kind of like oh like i'm gonna get a nice shot for the cameraman all zoomed in that wasn't it he was like i need to sit down for at least four minutes <laughs> <laughs> i just had a piece of cake backstage oh, nobody my saw god I, I will say this though about all the covid shows we uh, we will soon have good news because Joe Rogan got COVID, so soon enough, all the millennials will know how to handle it properly. Right, which is to take, what's it called, ivermectin? Right, the is thing that that's the... not approved by the FDA either, but, it, you know, it, they love. It, and, they, and, and what is it for? Horses? It's for animal deworming. Oh. Yeah. So... 
Luckily, I don't have worms anymore. Right. So don't go to the pharmacy and get a vaccine. But if you know it, who knows a fucking dewormer? Where is he going? <laughs> I know a guy. <laughs> I, 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 you need worms out, bro? I got you. You know, this, Bend go, over. this goes back to my... Uh, I, uh, I don't want to get like overly political on this, but, the, you know, it goes back to what I said about the vaccine. Like, the uh, a lot of these people that won't take the vaccine, you know... Did they ever eat a hot dog from 7-Eleven? Oh, all the time. Right? <laughs> <laughs> right? That's, that's going to have like... I one time dropped the hot dog from the gas station and still ate it. You think I was going to question getting a vaccine? <laughs> Not only was it old, sweaty 7-Eleven hot dog, it was 7-Eleven floor hot dog. And it was delicious. So, um, I got a second and rubbed it on the ground. I just don't, uh, you, you might have a point that the, uh, the, the, the millennials will learn from this. Yeah, took we ton- do whatever Joe Rogan tells us to he do. He took a ton of vitamins and medications. All right, fine. And, uh, yeah, it's a livestock medication. <laughs> I don't like it's. Uh, hey, you look, know, as you- someone who has taken ketamine multiple times, I can tell you taking animal <laughs> drugs sometimes is great. Right. You know, there's a good comparison. Ketamine is the horse tranquilizer, right? Yeah. Right. Now, if you are going to get to the point of saying, I'm not taking the vaccine, but I'm going to take the livestock medication, right? That is surely on a par with taking ketamine. And you're the type of person now that, like... Does class A drugs, and I, I used to hear this conversation from some of my friends when, you know, perhaps my lifestyle wasn't quite as uh, healthy as it is now, where you get someone would go, um, oh, my dealer's got some really good Coke this week. I'd be like, oh, as opposed to the stuff that was cut with <laughs> right. like, like flour. Yeah. Or- oh, so that's why I was pooping on that. Got it. <laughs> right. As opposed to the stuff you took the previous week that was cut with God knows what. <laughs> right. It was meth. <laughs> right. I, I Join the dots between the, oh, my dealer's got really good Coke this week to ketamine to livestock medication. <laughs> right. Is it, I don't think it's too much of a stretch to join the dots between those things right i it's it's it you would think <laughs> my uh the best part is like the the guy i buy weed from currently is anti-vax i'm like what are you selling me <laughs> should i be nervous are you not checking this oh okay well let's just uh you know uh rip through the controversial subjects then uh so we've done the anti-vax bit now let's move on to the abortions illegal in texas news oh wonderful (laughs) well the good news is we can drink booze earlier on sundays now right so basically um you know if uh if you can't get an abortion you might be able to get rid of the baby just by getting a load of booze at 10 (laughs) a.m as soon as you've left church Greg, greg abbott's like we have stairs all throughout Texas. What are you worried about? <laughs> it is. Uh, I can't even walk. I'm not worried about this. You know, I love living in the great state of Texas. I don't agree w- with everything. Um, you know, I can absolutely see the other side of this argument. I also don't agree with the. I mean, I'm you know fine with people having guns, but the fact that now you can just get a gun without any training whatsoever. Wait, and, is this yeah. not okay? <laughs> I mean, you, you know what I mean. I got. Yeah, I mean, it's, a, like, it's a little absurd. I mean, like you know, I'm all fine. I'm all for people having guns. Have as many guns as you want. If someone intrudes into your house, you 
shoot the fucker right, as far as I'm right. and I don't own a gun but I'm absolutely fine with that being someone's stance but it's a bit like me going well you know I want to drive a car I need to have a degree of training before I get behind the wheel otherwise I might kill someone driving my car right, right? I you know there, there's been plenty of times where I've pointed out you know one thing I do like about Greg Abbott where I don't agree with him on quite a bit oh, I like him a is, lot you know, he actually there were a number of things over the last five years or so in Texas that he did that it was very um, uh, bipartisan. It was something that everyone, you know, he raised the smoking age. Mm -hmm. He allowed alcohol to go like he did stuff with dogs and stuff. You know, there's there's been multiple. He's done good stuff. There's been multiple laws that everyone universally agreed on. But this round, it just seems so like so far to one side Mm. that like it it's almost out of spite. To the mm. other side. <laughs> do, 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 do you think that there's like, any any kind of agenda? I mean, and clearly it's got a lot of attention. So if this was the agenda, it hasn't worked. But an agenda to kind of almost creep this in because you've got all of the terrible stuff with Afghanistan and, you know, COVID's raging and everything else. And it's like, all right, look that way and we're going to do this. Yeah. You know? I mean, look, I think there's a reason why, um, you know, the only governors in this country that are known are, you know, California, Texas, and mm-hmm. Florida. Yes, it is because they're the biggest states. And so there's a lot of media. You, know, you could also say New York, obviously. Mm. So, But those are also the ones who are trying desperately to make a name for themselves mm-hmm. on both sides. Yeah. And so that's when you see these, these rules that, A, don't make sense, and B, only create more issues because again it's causing that divide that we've now seen so much over the last decade in this country yeah now more divide now more divide exactly so like look again i'm i'm pro-choice i you know i wouldn't want a kid in my current situation right <laughs> so oh, you absolutely right, should not I have a kid handle that no so you know luckily we do live in america and you know there are other options you can Go to Do you want to leave with a coat hanger? No, I don't. <laughs> but you know, again, there's stairs all throughout Texas. <laughs> but the, the 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 one thing again, you know, beneath all of these controversial uh, pieces of legislation that they brought in in Texas this week is, all right, if Afghanistan and COVID wasn't enough of a distraction, then you've got a problem with the gun thing and the abortion thing. Booze at 10 a.m. on a Sunday, everybody. And there you go. That's <laughs> one of those things that everyone can agree on. So he does, you know, he slips that in. And what's funny is when I. I was, you know, for my job, I write for our company's website. So I'm looking for stories on the news Mm. all day that I can, you know, basically steal and put on our website. And all the ones I was seeing in the Texas news was about, oh, alcohol now served earlier. Alcohol can get Mm. it at 10 a.m. on Sunday. Still no liquor, but you can get beer and wine earlier. And then it wasn't until like the sixth or seventh article that it was like, oh, yeah, there's 665 other laws going into effect. And here are the ones that are going to screw you over. <laughs> right. Yeah, 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 totally. You ever uh, you ever been in a diner on a Sunday when some tweakers come in and they, they're they desperate to buy booze and they can't get it? Like these people I've are going to be- I've been that tweaker. <laughs> these people are going to be- I've, uh, as a non-drinker now, I, I don't care either way, but I, I've been in uh, diners on a Sunday morning and depending on how early you go in, it's kind of entertaining just to look around to see who got up early and who's just been up all night. Right. And there's some people in there because I think in um, in establishments, um, 
they've been able to serve booze, but only after 10 a.m., right? This law that's come in is that you can buy it from the store at 10 a.m., but I think already you could buy booze if you were in a restaurant or somewhere, but not until 10 o'clock on a Sunday morning. And um, the people that go in and they're literally there kind of like with the shakes because (laughs) and and they don't want any food and all they want to do is get their their next bit of booze because they've been up all night and... um, it's, they're just, you know, it's just amusing to see. I, I don't it's a magical want... time of the day. Well, for those people, it definitely is a magical time of the day. I mean, time flies when you're out of your mind. And I do want to go up to some of them, like just make immediate judgments on what they've been doing probably since Friday night and go <laughs> just out of interest. I mean, I'm not judging you for what you've clearly been doing for two days, but... Are you anti-vax? <laughs> See, so we did meet before this podcast. You judged me right away in that diner that one time when I was tweaking. All right, before we're uh, done, let's uh, quickly talk about the Bond trailer. It is out now. Again, w- with COVID things, it's not only uh, shows that are being pulled. I saw a list of big movies, the new Mission Impossible. Um, the, the Well, Tom Cruise is definitely being affected. The reboot of, um, what's the really Top gay Gun. one? Top Gun. Yeah. The really gay one. Yeah. Is that what it's called? Oh, Top, Top Gun, the really gay one. <laughs> that's that's the, new, the new title. Top Gun, now it's gayer. <laughs> now it's only that a volleyball scene. Right. <laughs> they don't even get in a plane. Right. <laughs> it's basically live sports now. You thought Val Kilmer looked good then. <laughs> um... Yeah, there's a bunch of uh, movies that have been uh, pulled again because uh, I guess the movie industry is concerned about people being able to, you know, go back to movie theaters and maybe there might be restrictions and stuff like that further down the line. So um, this is meant to be the final trailer for the Bond movie, No Time to Die, and it's meant to be coming out in October, although I think it was meant to be coming out in October 2020 and 2019, so it might well be October 2025 by the time that it finally gets released Um, but they're saying no 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 we're definitely pushing the button on it this time and it's definitely coming out you know for that big holiday market which is what they want Um, so I watched it and what they're still not letting us in on which we revealed on this podcast in the very early days of this podcast right. is that this is actually a remake of the best Bond movie, Never Say Never Again. That's still not revealed in this in this uh, trailer. I mean, at this point, that's the only obvious the only obvious answer of what this movie is going to be about. It's either that or what? What's the girl who writes it? Who wrote this one? Um, she did Fleab- oh, Fleabag. Right, right, right. Yeah, whatever yeah, her yeah, name her is. Fleabag I think, Lady. I think Fleabag Lady is doing like an Andy Kaufman type thing, and they keep like. Showing a trailer, pushing back the date. Showing a trailer, pushing right. back the date. This movie's never coming out. She didn't figure out how to end it. No, she, she, no, she, she never wrote anything. This is all <laughs> one giant joke. Daniel Craig is somewhere tied up in the basement trying to let the world know about this secret, and she will not let him. They're just, well, the, the trailer is just outtakes from Spectre. Is that what, is that what you're <laughs> right, saying? Exactly. But I tell you they one do th- incredible things with computers. Well, I tell you one thing that I did learn from the trailer. Did you know that Freddie Mercury's the bad guy? <laughs> Right? What? Uh, yeah, and right. They figured out time travel? Well, here's my second theory now. Since I've learned that Freddie Mercury... So we broke the story that it is a remake of the uh, the Bond movie that Sean Connery returned to make in the 80s. Right. Which is the best Bond movie, according to me, Never Say Never Again. Long live the king. But here's my new theory, because now I've learned that Freddie Mercury is the bad guy in the remake of Never Say Never Again, right? 
What do you, well, I was going to say, what do you think of when you think of Freddie Mercury? But that's not the right question because you're going to tell me you think of Queen and Bohemian Rhapsody oh. and all this kind of stuff, right? When I think of Freddie Mercury, I think of those fucking great big teeth that he's got, right? <laughs> and so you know what I think? Freddie Mercury's the bad guy and he's playing Jaws. Remember Jaws from oh, the Roger Moore movies? I was thinking maybe like an evil Bugs Bunny. <laughs> <laughs> no, do you remember Jaws was yeah, like the joke and he used to bite people oh, to yeah. kill them? Right? So that's so wait, that wasn't never say never again. No, they're combining uh, the two. Oh, this is gonna they're, be great. It's never say never again. With Jaws. Let's just take all... Let's look, think of it this way. Like, I've always thought with this, like, Freddie Mercury, like, Freddie Mercury had loads and loads of money, and he never got those teeth done. Because think of, like, those teeth that Freddie Mercury had, really, really inconvenient to the point of being dangerous for pleasuring another man. Oh, for sure. Right. So... The, the, but he was getting all the pleasuring. Let's be real. Uh, he literally—I bet he was the way. He was like, "I can't go down there because I'm there." It's a one-way street. You Have know, you ever like- seen a rabbit eat a carrot? You won't want this. <laughs> exactly. But those teeth playing Jaws, killing people, very effective. It's made for the role. So this is the... God, I mean, I cannot believe that we've broken so much exclusive news about the new Bond movie. Not only is it... You would it a, think we were in the writer's room. Uh, totally. Not only is it a remake of Never Say Never Again, the bad guy is Freddie Mercury playing Jaws, killing people with those massive teeth. And since we're in the writer's room, maybe we should have learned the writer's name by now. Well, if she came up with ideas this good, the film would be out already. Yeah, take that fleabag lady. Yeah, using COVID as an excuse just because you can't come up with an ending. You Andy Kaufman-esque genius. <laughs> right, exactly. By the way, did you know Slash is now the fat one in Guns N' Roses? These are all facts <laughs> that we've learned from today's... See, you told me early about the difference between facts and opinion. All I've done throughout this whole entire episode is tell you nothing but facts. Slash is fat. All right. Um, And I am too. We're taking Monday off because it's a holiday, but we'll be back next week on Thursday. This is news to me. If you listen to any... Oh, did I not tell you that? No. What am I going to do now? Two reasons for that. One, Monday is a holiday. Two, in about eight hours from the time that we're currently recording this, Sunjitsu arrives. Oh, yep. No, this is my time to go. (laughs) I got to get out of here. I got to let's wrap it up. New maiden album comes out. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. I'll see you in two weeks, bud. Uh, the song of the week you can vote for at Ian Canfield on Twitter uh, talk to us via the website if you want to send us a message it's didyouamerica.com didyouamerica.com or if you want to talk to me on Instagram Camfield off the radio did we America today slash is fat <laughs>